Hello and welcome to episode 173 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is December 22nd and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello everyone. Hi. Hello. So 2023 is coming to an end and like in the previous three years, we want to look back. It gets even better. We again have Jürgen Thomas with us to revisit some of the highlights from 2023. And I can promise you, it's not only about AI. Jürgen, welcome back to our show. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me back. Thank you. It's, it's really fantastic. And, and when I when I looked back at uh, our, our long playlist, I mean, we have now over 173 episodes. <laughs> um, we, we just reached 6,000 subscribers uh, recently for, for our YouTube channel. And it was... <laughs> Awesome. So cool to see the, the the first shows with you. I actually really watched the, the first one again, okay. <laughs> where, where yeah. we had Santa Claus of SAP, <laughs> where, where you yeah. came. Yeah, well, look, uh, they look like that. <laughs> exactly. So that was really cool, and yeah, I, I'm I'm really really glad that uh, you yeah. you you're taking the time to to come to us again. Yeah, no, no, I'm happy to uh, happy to and and really appreciate and uh, congratulations for to the success of having 6000 subscribers that's awesome wow it's really cool start, yeah. more started very small and but wow uh, and also the patience and the, the endurance you had and the, the stamina to, to push through and, and keep on going really now, well, now you're harvesting awesome really awesome <laughs> thank you thank you so maybe be before we look back and and um you have some uh, we'll just go through what, whatever comes to your mind. Yeah. And maybe you can quickly again introduce yourself for the ones that yeah. have not yet seen you in the previous okay, episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, name is Jürgen Thomas, uh, sitting here in the SAP. Uh, no, in the, in the Microsoft <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> Was sitting in the SAP headquarters as a Microsoft employee in 1996 and 97 before I moved over into, into our headquarters in Redmond. Uh, in different development teams representing SAP, SAP workload, and SAP as a partner. These days, I'm leading a team of 25 people, uh, which actually, and I, funny enough, I counted it this week because I, I did a PowerPoint slide about my team, a team of 25, which is distributed over across 14 different locations worldwide. Uh, Singapore, Sydney, Helsinki, uh, all uh, various uh, various locations in in Europe. So the task of the team, and we are in Asia, organized in the Asia core development, is uh, working on a on SAP workload. Various different flavors to it. Uh, so one is certainly uh, creating architectures, documenting, uh, testing, and documenting uh, documenting these architectures for customers and partners to deploy SAP workload on Azure, but then also being having people assigned, developers assigned to SAP uh, to optimize their SaaS services uh, hosted on Azure, but then also internally having uh, test frameworks, automated test frameworks done uh, to test new services, new functionality very, very early, then also owning um, Staff, our SAP deployment automation framework, a great and very successful Git uh, open source GitHub project to automate uh, uh, SAP deployments, means infrastructure plus SAP application plus SAP software deployments on Azure using Terraform. And so that's also in our ownership. So yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm doing. Uh, as I mentioned, quite a while with Microsoft, nearly 28 years now, and uh, always doing SAP. Uh, all these people and I think I mean one big part of your team is located in Waldorf in SAP yeah, headquarters yeah, that's so, true um, we have quite a few you, people yeah. when, when you mentioned you know, I work for SAP you know I remember Herman the guy who works in Waldorf and sit there so it's very close collaboration he said sometimes sometimes I'm not sure I'm working for am I working for Microsoft or SAP you know it's <laughs> which, yeah yeah yeah. Which is a such, I mean, it was a joke, really but cool means it's really very close oh, it's collaboration. I mean, we, we are blending in the, the we, we are sitting in the same desks besides uh, SAP <laughs> developers there, SAP uh, uh, people there. And we have the same model here with, uh, with some SAP uh, folks that we, that I'm hosting in our 
neighborhood it's called. Uh, we are not having single mm -hmm. offices anymore. It's all changed to to uh, rooms where you have 10, 12 uh, desks where your teams are sitting. And so my team is sitting in such a neighborhood together with SAP folks as well. The SAP uh, hired a long time ago, hired here in, in the Redmond space and, and the Seattle space. And uh, so, yeah, uh, works works very well. Yeah, what about the year 23 then? Uh, 2023 then? I mean, uh, one of the areas, and, and I, I start from the get go probably with. The lower lights of, of the year 2023, when I, when I look back in into January and some other months there in, in 2023, we need to profoundly, profusely apologize to our customer for the outages that, that we had, for outages that impacted uh, a larger number of customers. And outages that we took extremely, extremely serious and uh, drilled into them uh, in all the details and all the, the, the minor details, gory details, and created hundreds and thousands of, of uh, improvement objects in many, many different teams, in many, many different processes. Uh, processes uh, going back into development processes, test process, but also change management processes. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> that's, uh, that's an ongoing work. I mean, Events like that are are steadily taken to to analyze down to the grounds and and really then introduce improvements because you always need to get better. We always there's always room for improvement. You never stand still here. There's always uh, new situations as you expand your offer in many more data centers and many more regions where you need to work on your processes, on your change management to keep it scalable. On the one on the one side, but also keep it uh, keep human uh, human in intervention in in these processes out as, as as much as you can, and so no doubt about we we took uh, we took we are taking these events that happened extremely extremely serious, and we are working. We we implemented a lot of uh, a lot of improvements already, and we are steadily working on those. I mean, that's that's one of the things as well. That, that's, that's I mean, at. when you mentioned this, one of the I mean, outcome is, for example, the MV3 new hardware. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, that's that's so down that's to the hardware. I, I just want to go in that direction a little bit. Uh, also, like, in it, it I, I was talking about the large, large scale impact, last blast impacts, but that also is reflected down when I when I when I take the scope down when I take. The scope of an object down at the Avenue and end up in a VM, end up in a compute host that runs one or multiple VMs. Uh, especially for M series, we have a constant improvement cycle there. So in every one of the VM reboots happening on an M series is being investigated, categorized into buckets, investigated then. And uh, what we see over the last uh, one and a half years that we made big pro uh, larger progresses there in addressing, for example, uh, software issues. Uh, over the last two years, we implemented or rolled out a new hypervisor version that addressed a lot of uh, issues that, or issues that we identified in that constant improvement cycle that we have, especially for M-Series as well. As we then moved uh, further into the hardware design of uh, of the new of the new generation hardware that we are using for our version three of the M series family, we certainly then took uh, learnings out of out of previous generations and applied it uh, to the newer generation, uh, which reflects then into eventually uh, here leaving off a few parts, but on the other side eventually adding a few parts so that I can do through software some mirroring and then these kinds of things. So a lot of uh, a lot of things that, that we learned out of uh, previous regions of M-Series uh, were introduced. Uh, these learnings were introduced in, in the new hardware, uh, hardware, but also in the new hypervisor, mm -hmm. which, is, which is again, uh, steady improvements there, steady learning cycle there, especially also 
there will be uh, uh, especially around uh, around SAP workloads as well. Uh, high availability affairs, where especially for pacemaker in in, in our version three of M series are going to have new possibility of defensing uh, learnings out of out of earlier earlier releases. So yeah, quite quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of learnings uh, going into uh, meant into MV3, and we. We are at a state right now where up to four terabyte we have the releases out. Uh, we are aggressively pushing uh, the hardware clusters out into our our most populous regions. Uh, means the regions where we see a high consumption of M series, a high consumption and concentration of SAP customers mm -hmm. being deployed, not only uh, by Rice but also by by customers that that so are still running on uh, running running or managing their own SAP system, so having other partners managing it. So we know pretty much how many M-series are deployed where. And so we certainly focus uh, with the deployment of our version three of, of M-series, certainly in, uh, focus and, and concentrate on on these uh, very popular regions in order to get yeah. the service out there. And yeah, then we are going to have the, the usual uh, free uh, free categories of our media memory. It's it's already sounds a little bit strange if you call uh, up to four terabyte memory. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ten years ago, you would have, whoa, and it's like, humongous, who needs four terabyte of memory? Well, HANA made it possible, obviously. Uh, so then we have the high memory and the, the very high memory. Uh, the high memory going in this case with version three of M series up to 16 terabyte, and then uh, we have the the very high memory, not very machinative term, but uh, so that's going up to 32 terabyte. And as before with the with the releases, as we, we had them released in 2023 and, and used in 2023, the very high memory. Uh, SKU that we currently have in our version two is a 24 terabyte memory or close to 24 terabyte memory uh, with 832 vCPUs. Uh, it's going to be based on a, a the new version as well as based on a 16 socket. I mean, we debated a lot uh, between hey, do I do I create a 32 uh, terabyte virtual machine based on on eight socket hardware which certainly certainly is less expensive uh, less expensive than a 16 socket hardware uh, but then feedback from customers uh, that see with their sap applications based on hana especially s4 hana uh, or with s4 hana but then also let's say some often running some special Kind of application or, or, or uh, some some kind of vertical solution, more vertical solutions as for HANA. Mm -hmm. Feedback of those customers definitely was, hey, look, we are seeing re we are seeing a, a, an increased demand on CPU resources in those systems. We even have some customers that chose our twenty four terabyte uh, existing twenty four terabyte virtual machine with eight hundred thirty two vCPUs not because they needed the memory, but they mm -hmm. simply needed the CPU power. And mm -hmm. yeah, now it's not one customer anymore. If it if it's usually one customer, you're like, hey, you know what? The customer did something wrong in the implementation, uh, ABAP code not efficient, and issuing tons of database statement. But now what we are seeing is that tendency of HANA be uh, consuming quite a bit of CPU resources simply by logic being pushed down into yeah. the mm -hmm. yeah. this, this is no no secret i mean that that was yeah. what what they were talking about what sap was talking about for mm -hmm. when they introduced this for hana i mean they introduced hana saying hey look you're in memory you can you don't need to upload gigabytes of data into the application you press mm -hmm. logic down everybody knew that logic is not running for free. I mean, it's it's like it's consuming resources somewhere, whether on the application layer or, or in HANA. And we indeed see that SAP is using that more, uh, this possibility more and more to have more logic down in the database executed to avoid 
uh, loading up masses of data into, this, into the application layer, ain't that cost CPU. So what I expect over time is that the balance of the CPU consumption between the application layer and a database layer is changing. Is changing towards my my application layer certainly will play an important still play an important role. There's no doubt about it. But we see a gradual increase of CPU demand on the database layer that's running HANA. And that's why we at the end decided not to do what uh, what some of our competitors did uh, by choosing an eight socket and buying insanely expensive memory modules. We decided to go with uh, with a sixteen socket hardware uh, in this uh, in the in the new generation as well, which certainly then based on the Intel processors has a has a very high number of of CPUs as well. And so, yeah, we we continue we continue go to go the uh, go down that path, and uh, yeah, looking looking forward to. I think that's that's actually that. super super interesting because I think <clears throat> that that might really reflect. In the beginning, it was SAP on Hana basically, or it was just a lift and shift, and you didn't do yeah. anything. So so the the, the classic. There's my database, and there's the application um, <clears throat> um, logic or the application layer. Where, where, where I need the CPU. That, that was the starting point. But now we see probably more and more customers really leveraging S for HANA functionality, where, where then also SAP is really pushing down more and more in the database layer. And that's yeah. where we need the CPU then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, again, uh, the, the it's if it would be one customer, you would argue, hey, look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, we see now uh, by more customers coming in, and then uh, some of the thing, even even we as Microsoft, not that we are using now our 24 terabyte uh, VM, but we have cases of SAP uh, S uh, S4HANA based uh, applications um, <laughs> that executed in parallel mm-hmm. are creating a high CPU demand, and so that forced us as well here in Microsoft in our SAP landscape mm-hmm. specific. Product that runs off a USAP business process is already on S4 HANA uh, to use uh, a VM with 416 vCPUs and six terabyte. Despite the fact that mm-hmm. we are far away from a from a memory demand of six yeah, terabyte, right. <clears throat> it is about the CPUs. And so again, yeah. that that supported us in in stating in in going long mm-hmm. and uh, in taking our and still keep the 16 socket hardware as a base. To uh, expand into uh, the M, into the version three of our M, M series family as well. As of now, when I look at that uh, our twenty four terabyte VM, uh, we consider it highly successful. We have quite a few customers using it with price, without price. Uh, it certainly is a unique offer, no doubt about it. Uh, and actually the demand is growing actually and and so also for the 32 terabyte uh, showing up uh, going to show up next year uh, they are already customers knocking on a door and, and saying look in in the year 2000 end of 2000 uh, 2024 to 2025 we are uh, going to need this uh, this solution mm-hmm. so i'm i'm pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty excited by that and the course that we took and uh, the selections and, and uh, we made. The the other thing I'm I'm very exciting. I mentioned uh, it, that excited me quite a bit about uh, about our our year 2023 was uh, we we started in 22 with a unique thing that that in such a form we. Yeah, we, we in such a volume we in, in the form into uh, yet in in Asia, which was about getting the new hypervisor underneath or into our M series hosts and uh, with minimal customer interruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, a, uh, certainly a thing where uh, where on the smaller VMs you you don't we don't need we have all the mechanisms in place we we have. We have all the, the technologies in place to do a complete uh, hypervisor software restart underneath the VM, with, uh, with the VM uh, being uh, 
yeah, uh, being unresponsive for for a minimal number of time, really, in a way that the clusters are not fading over, that connections are not being disrupted, and so on. Now, the larger your hardware is, the, the yeah. more difficult this becomes, and that certainly, uh, or the more memory you have in a hardware, the more difficult these things become. And uh, we were able in the year 2023 uh, to find. Uh, to get a good solution together with live migration. Live migration is yep. technology we always had and what we had for a long time in, in our hypervisor. Now in a in a shared environment like uh, like Azure, we share disk, we share computers, we share networking. It's certainly a little bit more difficult to uh, uh, to implement, but we were succeeding to do that for the MC for our M series. And so we could uh, reduce the customer impact quite a bit mm-hmm. by aggressively using live migration to get the to get new hypervisor to get the new hypervisor version in, having uh, having things restarted uh, as they needed to be restarted. So that's in the future, we pretty aggressively uh, uh, trying to get large and larger uh, VMs supported with live migration. And it's it's usually not the blackout time. In all honesty, you know, the blackout time is is the time when I switch over from the old image to the new image, so to speak. The new image that's running on a different different computer, host, different server. It's usually not the problem. Uh, the, the, that's that's easier, or well, not easily, but we manage to have that. Uh, below uh, in, a, in a very in a I mean usually single digit seconds disruption here, so that which I, is way below the networking time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we now did uh, did live migration with production uh, deployed M series uh, a few fa- quite a few thousand times, uh, and customers did not message or yeah. did not open. <clears throat> Uh, open uh, customer uh, uh, customer service requests based on it. So Very from that side, we, we, uh, the blackout time is not the problem. It certainly is that you have humongous memory, you have you know, like three or 400 CPUs that do changes. Uh, that's, that's the technical challenge to get these Deltas these changes fast enough over to the to the destination uh, VM and uh, yeah we're working on it we made big uh, big progresses on it and uh, with newer hardware with with more band networking with it certainly uh, it's certainly something where where we think uh, we can go way higher and be more aggressive about it. Uh, one question, Jürgen. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> when, when we are talking about new improve, new improvements, new version of of hypervisor, probably we are facing somehow uh, issues with, let's say, old hardware. Yeah? And uh, uh, probably nobody experienced that so far. All cloud providers are now going in the direction that cloud is relatively old. Yeah, and we will probably in the future, next few years start somehow to deprecate some old yeah. hardware. So do you see that as an issue or do you see it's still have a time to do that or? How, no, no, I mean, we do that steadily already. Okay. okay. Uh, this, this is, uh, when you go back, I mean, Asia, uh, probably 12 years ago, no, no, 13 years ago when we started, and you certainly, the, the hardware that we initially started on this long out, uh, we are actually uh, we we are steadily uh, moving those gener- older generations of hardware out mm-hmm. <coughs> out of the out of the fleet. So these processes are well known. These processes are um, a good beaten path, and mm-hmm. uh, in some cases, does uh, there is customer interac- interaction necessary? In some other cases. Uh, we can avoid it. Uh, it depends a little bit, and uh, so yeah. I mean, we we are not shy on that one. We we have that all calculated in process. We know when when to start the process. We and and so uh, all under control in in those cases. So there's nothing special now about M series either. Uh, and uh, so yeah. Uh, all in the financials, all uh, we have a program, we have program management that uh, takes care of that and uh, so on. So, yeah. 
no. I think yeah one one important phrase is there's a lot of to topics but anyway you mentioned in the beginning uh, automated test framework yeah I know what it is right but the the whole point story this is important for the customer so um, if you can just tell it it's internally yeah, tool yeah. yeah absolutely I mean look uh, when when we look at the, the workload like SAP we all know SAP workload is a mission critical workload uh, we all know from an SAP architecture might be netly might be s Fuhara, where the critical points are in such an architecture and uh, on the one side from a reliability or from an availability, but then on the other side, from a deterministic and reliable performance and throughput. We know these these things pretty well. Uh, and so, so from that side, we are working, sorry, uh, we are working, uh, we, I, we basically started to really put these, these architectures with workload in automated test frameworks that we use uh, for different uh, to cover different cases. The one is certainly they want to do the long-term testing in in uh, canary environments where your development is pushing their code through. So mm -hmm. you have like a nicely high available mm -hmm. setup there that you steadily have some workload applied, uh, SAP workload applied, and then uh, these developers are pushing you whatever uh, through through that uh, through that canary environment and you want to see where it fails where pacemaker cluster fails or em crashes and so on all hooked up in a nice process where we created uh, we create automatically a uh, support message for your uh, for your developers uh, where it goes into the right queue and and so on and so forth that's one of the areas then the other area is certainly the smaller stuff. The smaller stuff where you, you argue, look, there's a new functionality. Well, or let's let's stay, let's return, let's stay with the bigger picture. A new VM family, a new storage that comes in, where you are in, included in the development from the get go. So mm -hmm. uh, let's say automated scenarios. Uh, one of our team members wrote an wrote an awesome automation of SAP HCT uh, that we are using for, for storage testing where not, a, I mean, really, we don't need to sit there, install new stuff and so on, where those our storage guys roll in, uh, hand out a new storage that they are currently developing and we immediately can test that automated and, and get the results, FIO tests, these kinds of things we, we can automate in any, or we have automated in any kind of form or fashion to either apply to, uh, to developments that are currently uh, in in flight or existing regions where we want to make sure that okay. we we are, we are keeping uh, we are keeping the latency, we are keeping the throughput, mm -hmm. so we like to keep the throughput. So these these are these are things that these are cases that we're covering as well. Which basically. In extremely increases the quality because you yeah, absolutely I mean, by I mean, pushing the load testing the new uh, hardware uh, new functionality yeah. like yeah, migration yeah. right you would already figure it out if something is yeah. wrong absolutely i mean <laughs> let's let's be clear i mean when, when we develop a new vm series clear but uh, but all the new storage uh, other other areas let's let's uh, let's think about uh, new network platforms that give us more uh, throughput. Uh, we with the SAP workload are in the forefront testing that. Eventually, mm -hmm. manually, but then really getting it automated and getting it into our automated test frameworks. And then, as you can imagine, when you introduce <clears throat> like operational things like live migrations, that's that's that was yep. introduced yep. in our in our VM fleet for many years ago for the for our uh, B-series, E-series virtual machines, but where everybody acknowledges, look, if you go into the, the two, three, four terabyte arena with hundreds of CPUs, that's a different ball game for a lot of migration. That is also where your automated test frameworks help, a lot, help those development teams a lot to hone and, and improve their, their functionalities. 
and that's that's where where our where our test frameworks that we we put together out of our team helped us <clears throat> to uh, to develop these uh, to to get these functionalities developed on the one side, and then from an operation or these operational functionalities developed, and on the other side to have a good quality out and uh, also reliable performance. Let's be pretty clear the uh, the performance we, we always talk about availability but uh, but what, uh, what customers with sap workload mission critical workload are about <laughs> is also reliable and deterministic performance and throughput i of mean course, nothing yeah. more disturbing than a batch job running uh, running every hour and every hour for going through the same amount of data is uh, widely varying in the run times or or the one day it's it's running an hour the other the other time the other day it's running one and a half hour and comes back the next day with 45 minutes so these these are the things especially the re reliable performance mm -hmm. in areas where you have shared notes as well or shared compute right. notes as well is super important. Mm -hmm. Like, like we always assume with Hana, yes, look, there are these humongous, humongous uh, VM that run on, uh, that run alone on a on a host. So basically, the the host is, so to speak, dedicated to the customer, not formally dedicated, mm -hmm. but yeah, you have this. If you're talking sure. about our 24 terabyte VM with 832 CPUs, yeah, there is no other VM running on that host. So their host is yours. Uh, yeah. at least for the time the VM is running on it. So we, we always automatically with HANA, if you think about these things, but it's very important in HANA development and, and SAP is, is pretty adamant about it as well, is now this, this, these are more exceptional cases. There are a lot of customers that are that have a ticket development as for HANA development system. You don't need 24 terabyte for it. Uh, so we see a lot of development systems in in the S four HANA space that ah, two hundred fifty six gigabyte memory. It's that's far enough. Mm -hmm. And so these these customers are running these uh, these VMs on on uh, uh, on VMs or these these VMs are small, three CPUs, two fifty six gigabyte, and they are not alone on a host. But nevertheless, uh, even if it's a development system or for some customers that might, as they start the S4 HANA journey, even be a production system with just 256 yeah. by memory, <clears throat> so these customers expect reliable performance. So a lot of our right. testing as well, also the automated testing, is considering cases where we are not <clears throat> running these humongous VMs alone on a host, but where noisy we call it noisy neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, maybe we need to make sure that the noisy neighbor effects are not impacting the different uh, different VMs. So that one customer can run a VM up to the VM limits, and uh, wherever the limits will be in storage, network, throughput, IOPS, and so on, and the CPU that is available for the for the VM. And then on the other hand, the other customer not being impacted by it. It's a tremendously important. And the interesting part there, and this is an interesting topic for the future as well, that with large and large course, uh, core numbers on, on, the, on the sockets, on the CPU sockets, this is certainly becoming more and more of a challenge. So the interesting, interesting area that we, 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 are, we are working in and working on. So yeah, so that's, that's basically, uh, as mentioned, our, the efforts that we do that we have currently for the automated testing is quite high, quite high in terms of number of people, uh, because we want to have more test coverage. We we certainly steadily again work on on uh, on um, synergies as well. Think about when we started the automated testing effort. Was no uh, uh, SAP deployment automation frame. Oh yes, yeah, uh, and so. <laughs> We did it differently. Uh, we, we also had uh, Martin writing Archie copy, for example, uh, for that. We also an open source project, yeah. meanwhile, uh, resource group copy. And and now as we have SAP deployment automation framework as another uh, as another open source project, 
build on terraform and ansible uh, that also very ansible parts are being used uh, uh, in Azure Center for SAP solutions. Well, in those cases, we now uh, we have it all on, in my team under on the, on the one hood, under one umbrella. So we certainly are investing in making, in taking our own code, yeah. our own development here around S stuff, and uh, and are introducing that into into the testing uh, uh, in. As test framework as well, so that we we have kind of kind of a synergy effect, but also kind of a test effect of what we <clears> have <throat> used again with with S stuff, isn't it? And so yeah, that's that's uh, where where we are not stopping in a sense. Then uh, yeah, you have different your test frameworks in in Azure certainly are changing, so you still have people. <clears throat> working in in that topic but it, it's essential it's essential you, you can't do without and uh, it is uh, to a high degree it does uh, it does replace manual testing mm -hmm. with i i need to i still need to uh, uh, mention that we do still have people that do manual testing especially in the performance area where that goes hand in hand with with certification yeah new VM infrastructure into uh, for SAP, especially for SAP HANA, uh, where we certainly are working super close with SAP HANA development, uh, where, where, they, where we have people, especially one person in Waldorf, uh, you mentioned him, uh, Goran Herman, Herman. Who, uh, who is sitting with the with HANA development, where we have a, we have a super exchange and where we have uh, where Herman's like doing this job now since I don't know how long it felt <laughs> 12 years uh, 11 12 years being being on Azure with uh, uh, with with, uh, with with Linux and so on and and he's uh, he's really an expert and uh, you need these people and you need yes with like the experience so testing the edges of your performance to to see little things and it is amazing we had a case like as we talk about the year 2023 we did have a case where as this large hardware got tested by the, the hardware supplier and they see they they noticed let's say the deep in a notice some uh, some signs of, of where you could argue well that could be a future kind of scalability blocker mm -hmm. but as we now move the whole thing that whole scenario with virtualization on the very same mm -hmm. hardware this eventual scalability blocker this this data that showed up as uh, in the future, if we push harder, we need to change something in the OS kernel here uh, to, to imp uh, do some improvement. The timing slightly different with the virtualization. Sadly, this, in our case, it was way more exposed. And yeah. So between yeah. HANA development and SUSE development or Linux development in general to make changes in the <sighs> operating system kernel function uh, very deep down. These kinds of things you need manual yeah. testing in order to, to really figure those out. And let's be clear, I mean, if you if you uh, if you're in the space of 16 socket, 800, 900 CPUs, or in future even more, this is not a this is not a commodity space. <laughs> that many people in, not not from a, whether you're virtualized or not, whether you're in a in a hyperscaler cloud or not. I mean, there the, are not ten thousand of these hardware pieces out, and so the the, the range of experience uh, that that is available or the the wealth of experience that's available in that space. Is not as as great as when you look into the two, three terabyte range, four terabyte range. Yeah. yeah so, so that's that's the one. The other the other good thing is uh, we made progress with with storage last we last yeah. year. So storage we we brought uh, we launched the premium storage version two. Eventually, not exactly with all the features and functionalities that uh, the customers desired, but we did have a few larger customers go into production with it. 
definitely see a nice performance with it, especially on the read side. On the you know, when we look at HANA, it's the or the databases in general, the read uh, latency is uh, is improved compared to premium storage V1. Especially in the smaller case, when you want to tailor towards certain uh, minimum uh, throughput, as SAP likes to see it, you're getting easier to it. Uh, for some customers that might not uh, come out of the Unix, Linux space, uh, these configurations are becoming easier known. Non there are whole classes of implementation that don't necessarily need to use logical volume manager that can handle then uh, HANA data directory or data volumes for databases uh, just with one disk instead of before gluing them together with uh, storage spaces in Windows or, or in, the, in Linux with logical volume manager. So uh, simplifies things quite a bit. Admittingly, again, there is a feature, there was a feature gap that we released between premium storage v1 and premium storage v2. We caught up quite a bit already on that one, and we will continue in the year 2024 to close the gap and uh, completely then. And then also eventually continue to have unique functionalities on the new storage compared to the old storage. And, and which is amazing to me also feature its uh, sub millisecond latency, which is yeah. really great for the databases. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, clear, clear thing. I mean, the, the database, uh, so the, the goal of the storage was clearly be sub millisecond in at least like, let's say for the smaller IOs in the space of 4K, 16K, and uh, that we, we achieve, and that's that's one thing we, uh, again, when I look at, at what I told before with testing, that we certainly steadily have tests running to make sure that this is the case when, uh, when storage is yeah. rolling and, yeah. and uh, steadily, uh, steadily observe and monitor that. Uh, and then again, the simplification about using it, uh, <clears throat> using eventually LVM and so on. On the other side, uh, we we certainly when we look at NFS, uh, our Azure Premium files tremendously successful. VSV, uh, we, we from our side also in the year 2023 with all the experiences we made around Azure Premium files hosting NFS shares uh, can make the clear statement to customers: Look, uh, this is a great solution for any file shares that we have in. CP application layer, transport directory, and so on, even interface directories. It's not the solution that we want to see databases on. For databases, if you want to use NFS, there's a clear solution, and that is called Azure NetApp files. And we are not moving away from that one. Uh, so we have a clear, and this, this is one of the nice cases where we have a clear delineation and clear separation of storage, how, uh, how we want to use it. This is, hey, NFS on Azure Premium Files, that's the storage for the application layer for file shares and uh, these things. You have database files. Well, they go into NFS. If, if you want to use NFS for those, these go into Azure NetApp files, which proved to be an extremely capable storage. Uh, what I also did, and that comes ties, to, ties back into uh, our 24 terabyte VM, Ralph, a person in our team, he did a lot of proof of concepts and meanwhile, and also customer deployments with the 24 terabyte, where we actually do now a mixed storage. Uh, I, beginning when we, when we brought ANF into the market in 2019, we did not allow to have HANA data and HANA, HANA log on, on, on a mixture between block storage and shared store and, and file shares. So yeah. mixture block storage and NFS share on ANF. We meanwhile do allow it. Uh, we, we allowed it based on, on the POCs, based on the customer feedback that we got. Uh, we, we allow to, for example, for customers to have HANA data on ANF shares, but then using premium storage v1 for the hana log using write accelerator to have 
uh, log rights in the space of 0 0.3, 0 0.4 milliseconds. So this is this is something that came out of uh, came out of custom approach, came after of custom experiences, where we changed uh, after quite some testing, where we changed our our policies, our our support policies here. And basically, here you can because separate channel is for the block-based storage on yeah. the network and yeah. separate ones for the so yeah. ANF is a net networking VM and basically by splitting you get more throughput so to say for the uh, database right yeah exactly and and also you you are able uh, with ANF since since there's traditionally more network throughput assigned to to the VMs yeah you the way how at this point in time at least with our version 2 uh, network traffic and, and storage traffic is going. You you do offload the host operating system uh, quite a bit if, uh, when you do the network traffic so, or the network channel. So, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not like a recipe that we we now have out for for everybody. But but this this is these are these these cases where for twenty four terabyte and eight hundred something CPUs you uh, you might need to adapt your. Uh, your architecture with things that that yeah. work out of the get go on on the smaller side, the smallest relative. When we talk smaller side being four terabyte, again, it's all relative. But uh, yeah, you you need to adapt, and we did that uh, thing successfully. And so yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the the area storage where in in again the storage storage topic is never ending. Because the always new functionalities, new features might be uh, Azure files, might be ANF. ANF uh, lately uh, introduced smaller capacity pools yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, likely to help customers that have smaller implementation and they really want to use Azure NetApp files. <clears throat> these kinds of things. There, there's always uh, there's always uh, development going on in these uh, in these spaces, uh, uh, in in performance optimizations as well. So yeah, that's uh, mm -hmm. there's uh, quite a bit of movement this year, uh, next year as well. So well, the topic never never uh, that never never ends, isn't it? And it's good. It's it's uh, fun and, and the the best uh, the good the good thing about it that every one of those development teams as uh, as uh, storage development teams, but also network development teams, every everything that they, they do, they immediately show up at our uh, doorstep and they're like, hey, we need to have the test if SAP workload. We need to make sure it's we <coughs> we need to make sure it's uh, delivering the the scalability. It's delivering the throughputs and so on. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's extremely uh, extremely helpful. But again, it's, it's it requires people. It requires test automation, and uh, so we we ramped up in that space uh, tremendously uh, in terms of people, in terms of uh, associated teams that help us. And uh, a big kudos there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Jürgen, wasn't that also the case with a SQL Server back in the days? Like that, that, that the, yeah. the SQL Server development team also wanted to test with SAP workload. So yeah, well, was it was it the same with SQL Server? Yes, it was the same with SQL Server. As we built a new code base in the middle of the nineties with SQL Server, uh, SAP was center uh, center of attention uh, with with some other IS uh, with some other partners as well. Point in time, Bond was a big, uh, big uh, enterprise resource planning application. Uh, Siebert, JD Edwards uh, were, were already on the market, and so the center. Uh, one of the reasons why I moved uh, uh, from uh, some Microsoft employee in nineteen ninety-eight into uh, into the headquarters here in Microsoft was that SQL Server development needed a person representing SAP uh, workload. Uh, they had a person already, but they need a person more. And so, because testing with uh, with SAP workload was was uh, was a huge thing, and made SQL Server very successful to be able to handle the SAP workload in a, in a very good fashion. And it's a thing today. It's it's really nice to see that that it it repeats itself, or, or we're we're leveraging the same concept. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the, this this is a concept you need to leverage in principle, isn't it? I mean, when you build a platform, even if you now build a database application or, or whether you build a platform, you need to be able to, uh, to run scenarios of your of, of very important uh, partners, customers in in a good manner, in a in a in a in a extreme good manner. Whereas it's not only let's be clear, it's not only running about about running some uh, some VMs and having some SAP applications in it. I mean, there's the operational aspects and the operational surrounding of, of an SAP landscape as well. I mean, there's an integration component, obviously, because we all know an SAP, uh, if I have an SAP ERP and S4HANA sitting here, sure, I can business process, but in, in rare cases, business processes are completely contained in SAP software. In most of the cases, there's some data feed coming, there's data feeds coming in there. There is like, like nobody in, in these big companies are typing in orders anymore. You get your electronic orders with, with some software that's that's in front of the, the SAP systems there. At the end, there, there's an EDI document that will be read up or an RFC exactly. or whatever or OData, whatever it is, uh, interfaces being used to interact <laughs> from other software pieces that are surrounding <laughs> SAP software and, and are, crea are creating an order, are invoicing, uh, are putting the invoice into the SAP system because like, uh, yeah, they are no human, they are, they are there's little humans being used in in these processes, and then again, that's that's the one way you need to be able to to host more than just the, the SAP system. Where ideally, from your services you have on your hyperscale platform, you support things like uh, such integrations, which then leads us going even further. Where we can argue, uh, you need to support these these workflows and business process and ideally with mass or with, with, with tools everybody knows and there we are in Teams integration, we are in, in these types of things that's that's super important to us as well uh, because these are really tools uh, in, in interfaces everybody's familiar with. Of course. Yeah. In, which are out there in the market. Nobody needs to buy them specifically. And then on the other side, again, the operational, and this more in my area, again, the operational uh, considerations and, and requirements that, that we have for running now SAP software in Azure is a, is a complete different thing. And this is where backup comes into mind with did improvements in our Azure backup and are committed to, to do further improvements uh in in order to cover the hana case but also then then looking into into other databases that are used by sap uh and maybe maybe certainly see that uh that yeah if a, if a customer moves into asia they want to maximize the the usage of asian native services yeah, just just upload just to offload virtual machine uh, just to offload the compute in storage into a hyperscaler and then coming in and mimicking the, the whole operational functionality in an infrastructure as a service fashion is not as efficient uh, for customers. They want to use Azure native services for all the kinds of operational tasks that might be monitoring that is back, a priest or comes in mind immediately. That is also covering, for example, uh, disaster recovery with, for example, Azure Site Recovery, utilizing yeah. using that one. And these are areas that we're working as well. I mean, we talked a lot about, hey, we're doing this for the VM and that for the VM. But these are areas that, that we are not forgetting by far not. We, we created Azure Center for SAP solutions that went into uh, general availability. It helps on one side installing uh, in, in or getting the infrastructure rolled up, but uh, in installing SAP applications, uh, but also uh, help to monitor and, and mm -hmm. combination with Azure Monitor for SAP, help to 
get a clear understanding of the dependencies between different layers and, and so on. So that's that's one uh, certainly an important uh, important direction here. And then as staff uh, SAP deployment automation framework where we see not only the installation actually when we look at that kind of a lot of customers they use Terraform Ansible as the basis for first installation certainly but also pushing changes out like like we have a customer where they are not patching the operating systems what they do is through Terraform Ansible they roll out new system mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and is this is this something where that that also on on the on the SAP deployment automation side we probably are emphasizing a bit more, but even the customer that mm -hmm. I was just talking about that rolls out uh, new systems. I mean that customer as they do that on Azure, they took our they took a lot of modules uh, from from uh, our SAP deployment automation mm -hmm. and implement and integrated that into their. Terraform Ansible automation because that's that's also like look, the, the cases of we are getting often asked what is the difference between Azure Center for SAP solutions and and SAP deployment automation framework because both can roll out the infrastructure yeah. both can can install SAP software that seem to be we do uh, we do the same thing twice not entirely the case it's addressing very different customers. Uh, SAP deployment automation framework, right? we certainly don't understand it as something that you use, uh, copy, copy it over and, and run it. No, it's it's meant to show you, first of all, how things <clears throat> can be done. And secondly, it's very modularized so that you can pick out the modules that you need, that you want, and accelerate uh, the customer path and accelerate their deployment framework with. They don't need to start from scratch. They get that these Ansible modules. They get the Terraform modules in order to to start. If they can do all changes they need, they can do all the integrations into existing existing uh, Terraform Ansible frameworks that they built themselves because they have I don't know what on Azure and very often multi cloud customers. Yeah, I are using that for multi for for different, different applications different entities that they're running on on different clouds and that's maybe where we see the purpose of of uh, sap deployment automation framework as well to to accelerate the first uh, the first deployment but then also help in the maintenance of the the operations of the deployments and so yeah that's that's uh, that's an area where we are where we are investing more and more. In our team, we we have quite a few people working on on uh, SAP deployment automation framework that also feeds modules, Azure Center for SAP solutions. Uh, have quite a quite a number of people working on Azure Center for SAP solutions. So we see that uh, these things as helping uh, in, in sure for the first for the first step into Azure, but then also seeing the operational aspects. And I'm pretty excited about the roadmap of, uh, of uh, Azure Backup as well, and, and think that we, we are going to, to see, especially in the year 2024, <coughs> uh, uh, good, good things coming, uh, coming in so that we, we can have, uh, we, we are going to have customers that solidly can rely with the, uh, on the Azure Backup. <laughs> Uh, service with, with all the backups around VMs uh, and, and HANA databases, SQL, whatever databases. So, so looks looks pretty good what I see for for the year two thousand twenty four. I think that that's actually a really really nice uh, wrap up. So, so we have a very positive <laughs> outlook for twenty twenty four. I'm sure there will be lots and lots of additional topics. Oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, look, there are tons of topics that we're following up with SAP these days. And uh, I mean, you mentioned AI at the beginning. AI is certainly one of them. <laughs> but we shouldn't forget. I mean, uh, the the we should not forget that, that there are thousands of customers that are running S4 on NetWeaver that uh, where there is a date looming that's uh, at the oh, end yes. of 2027. 
these customers need to find solutions to move to S4 HANA. And uh, Azure as a hyperscale platform is the ideal platform for doing that. And uh, that is still, uh, you can talk about AI as you <laughs> want left or right, but at the end, there needs to be some S4 HANA, or there is S4 HANA <laughs> customers running for their financial. Uh, for the financial business processes, there or okay, at the moment, a lot of customers are running NetWeaver, not yet S four HANA, and so these are these are things that we need to 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 keep focused on as well. Uh, it's it still needs focus. It's not uh, a runner that I can go off now and say look. Uh, take 20 people and throw them into AI, that's, uh, the other stuff is a self-runner. There is still development necessarily. There is still new technology coming. Uh, Robert mentioned it uh, with, uh, uh, yeah, there is a new Intel technology coming in, the older technology, uh, server okay. technology need to be commissioned and, and new ones need to be integrated. This is work. There are new, uh, uh, also with S4 HANA, let's be pretty clear, we don't, uh, we did not see yet the, let's say, I put it out there, did we see a customer that's running S4 HANA for seven, eight years, mm -hmm. did we see the data, the data growth? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we don't know, there are not a lot of customers using it as NetWeavers being used. I mean, we of know course, and we, we host some of them. We, we have NetWeaver databases that are 100 plus terabyte on Azure. Yeah. And <laughs> so these are these are systems that the customer had been using or has been using now for 20 years. They didn't start with 100 terabyte. They were small yeah. systems and they grew up over time. And so the whole, the interesting aspect as well, where we, where we still need to stay on a ball, despite all, besides all the AI and, and new technologies, is how, how can we, how can we, we make sure that the customers can expand with S4 HANA to the sizes, to the data volumes that they need. And this is also another topic that we alone can address, where we are working closely with SAP. SAP HANA development as well. But these are unknowns that there are, let's put it that way. And and so this is uh, this is why we can't take our eyes and focus off of the infrastructure as a service side, but on the other side, <laughs> new things, uh, new technology, SAI, and, and so are are and so on are emerging. And we, we certainly need to we are certainly going to invest together with SAP on in those spaces as well. I think that's, um, I, I just want to mention one thing because in one of our previous ex um, episodes, we exactly talked about that, that the infrastructure is the crucial foundation. Without yeah. that, nothing works. And yeah. and I think that, that was really a nice closing word. Also coming back to the initial, um, how we are working together with SAP and we will continue to work very closely <laughs> with SAP, um, also on the AI, also on the infrastructure levels and a lot of other services. So yeah, I, I think 2024 and beyond, will be really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, every year was like that. I mean, and it's becoming more and more interesting every year. So, uh, <laughs> no, it, like, look, it, it's it's awesome to see. I, I mean, I'm super positive about it. And uh, my team as well. I mean, look, we, we have a team and they, like me with 25 people and, and it's always the same that they they are doing that's that's not exciting but uh, there are always new challenges coming up there is always new stuff that they they can can try and that they are challenged with new scenarios as well as meandering actually here and there the pure infrastructure as a service topic as well uh, security topics extremely important these days. Uh, where I'm, where I just started a project uh, with two of my two of my team members. Uh, then yeah, we I mean project besides Sentinel and and other looking to where we are looking into to some other aspects uh, of of running SAP landscapes on Azure. And so th this is. It's exciting. It is exciting, and, and everything is. that comes on top of it, like uh, like AI or other integrations, make it even more exciting. And so it's 
it's great to see it's, it's awesome. perfect it's also great to see that they be challenged by customers i mean look there's not there's not a single month where we are not getting new customer scenarios and things that we are not covering uh, things that we need to consider, things that we need to prioritize, things that we need to uh, eventually uh, fit into our plans and and execute on it. Super exciting uh, because this is this is what you want. I mean, you you wanna you wanna very exciting <laughs> next year as well. Exactly. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So so super super stoked about it and and. Uh, Looking forward, sure, for now, have a little break over, over holiday yes. season. Yep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, then come refreshed in, in January and uh, see what else we uh, see, what we can do, see what we move and uh, what we can achieve. Okay. And looking forward to great customer interactions, great cus uh, to customer feedback, might be positive or negative, sure. uh, uh, customer suggestions. Awesome, always to to hear the scenarios and and uh, and having a chance to to adapt to those scenarios, test out things, enable new scenarios, enable new architectures, document those. Awesome, awesome stuff. Perfect. I mean, that's why we have a Santa Claus for the 2024 <laughs> presents. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should have, should have had, uh, wore one of those. those yeah, they had. Things I uh, unfortunately, as we moved into the rental house, we threw out stuff like that. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe next year then we'll yeah. have it again with 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 a head. Yeah, exactly. Jürgen, hey. thank you so much for your time hey. for 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 this um, really great look back um, of of 2023. 2020, yeah, 2023. 2023. Uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to 24. Uh, hopefully, we can have you back there. Yeah. But for now, um, well, well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys as well, to our audience as well. Happy holiday season. Hopefully peaceful and calm. And uh, yeah, then let's Perfect. get in 2024. Yep. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.